We are so glad you decided to join us today for our Compelled podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. We would love for you to message us on social media and connect through our website at compelled316.com. Now let's get started. Bob Morrison is here to get us thinking about what it means to live a compelled life. Hey, what's up, guys? Hope your week's going pretty good for you. We're halfway, right? So uh, I'm working on this chapter for the book, and it's called My Most Excellent Theophilus. Yeah, I know, that's not a name you throw around very much. When I was going through all my theology studies, the first time I heard the words Theophilus, I was kind of like set back because, you know, I'm not strong in the Greek language anyway. But when I heard it, I was like, oh, uh, acidophilus, like the milk that's supposed to give you good bacteria in your gut. And they're like, yeah, but this is Theophilus. Pretty cool name. And I'm always one of those people that likes to remember odd facts and hang on to those really strange names out there. And uh, it's like Barabbas. I always thought would be a great name for a cat. Uh, Since I'm not a cat lover, I thought, why not, man? Name him Barabbas, the only person that got beneficial treatment over Jesus, right? The reality is we all did. So anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. It was just on my mind. So I'm talking about the end game. That's a term that's kind of moving around now in social media and in slang terms. It's, uh, it's out there. And it basically, the end game is that person that you're meant to end up with. Um, you know, you hear the sentences for that. It's like, uh, John and Mary, yeah, they're end game. In other words, they're going to end up being together until they take their last breath. They're the last relationship. They're the ultimate relationship. And I was wondering about how do we look at the words end game in our own life, not necessarily with the person you're going to end up with, but what does it mean when you hear end game? So we're going to chop through a little bit of that, right? I was at the Walmart. Here in America, Walmart is uh, our version of a grocery store, but it has a lot more. It has everything. You can go there and buy anything from goldfish food to a hunting rifle to lunch meat. It's a, it's a one-stop shop. Even get your nails done, your hair cut, pick up your pharmacy stuff. So my mom, being the 90-year-old woman that she is, loves to go to Walmart. And when you put her in the electric cart and she cruises around and we get lost in the store and I can't find her, I can always tell because I hear her crashing into things. And then I hear the beep, beep, beep of the electric uh, cart backing up out of the rubble. And sure enough, it's my mom that's ran into some display somewhere in the store. But she has a blast while we're there. And I was watching her as she was making her way around the store and the way that she figures out what things are because she doesn't really have a lot of vision. She holds on to whatever it is she pulls off the shelf, uh, groceries or whatever the product is, and she looks at it, she holds it up to the light and she kind of feels it and she said, well, it's the right shape, it's the right color on the label, so this must be the one that I normally buy. And she actually shops a lot by colors and feel more than by reading the label because she just can't see it anymore. And so I have to be there with her. Someone has to be there to tell her this is what it is. This is how much it costs and go through that whole routine with her. And I was thinking about the fact that she's going to be 91 in March. Pretty crazy. That means 
she's already made it past what is the average life expectancy for a female in America. So she is absolutely 100% approaching her end game. And we have those conversations. I've sat down with her and I said, Mom, as bad as it is for us to talk about this, we're not going to be on this earth forever. And you got to know that you're getting close. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. She says, I'm, I'm more than ready. I talk to Jesus every day. He's the most important part of my day. And she's not lying, man. I mean, when I spend the night over there at her house, I can be there and I'm, I'm laying in another room and I hear this voice and it's, and it's literally like a conversation. And I realize it's my mom having a conversation with Jesus. And she talks to Jesus like you and I would talk on the phone. I mean, she was like, hey, I don't know if you know, but today I was at the store and I saw this man who really didn't have much in his cart. And Jesus, I know that you could take care of him and make sure that he gets fed tonight. Or she'll say, I saw this little girl and she was wearing a real light sweater and it's too cold for that. So Jesus, I know that you can take care of her and give her a warmer coat. And I don't know what school she goes to, but you already know that. And she literally has these conversations and she'll list off all these people, anybody and everybody that's ever told her, hey, pray for me, or this is going on with someone in my family or at school or work. She says, okay, I'll remember that and I will take it to prayer tonight. That's who she is. So for her, her end game is just a really simple transition of going to bed one night, taking her last breath, waking up in the presence of Jesus. And she's good with that. She's prepared. But you and I, we think we've got all the time in the world. You know, we come to these places that we call work or school or move into some community that uh, we're trying to make a mark. We're trying to find our way, whether we've taken on a wife or kids or this new job. Um, our end game is focused around those things. We tell ourselves, you know what? This job's going to be the one. This is the end game job for me. It's going to pay enough that I can put a pile of money in the bank. So when I do get ready to retire, the money will be there. Or you know what? This is the girl I'm going to marry. We're going to have 2.2 kids. We're going to have a house with a white picket fence, two dogs, hopefully not a cat, and probably some goldfish sitting on the counter and we'll buy the food at Walmart. But that becomes our end game. That's our target, right? We do this with everything in our life. We don't put a shirt on. We don't buy a car. We don't buy music or anything without an end game in mind. It's some of it's conscious, some of it's subconscious. But at the end of the day, we worry. We say, well, yeah, I gotta have this kind of car because what would people think? Or I have to wear this outfit, what would people think? Oh, we're going on a cruise? Yeah, I need like 10 new shirts and 10 new pairs of pants and new shoes and new sunglasses and a haircut. Why? Because you worry about what people think. But I'm not convinced in any way, shape or form that that's truly our end game. Our end game should be when we take our last breath, what does that look like? Where are we going? I mean, will we stand before God like the Bible says? Will we stand there? And it says that we'll be held accountable for everything in our life. We'll be judged for it, really? Man, that's a hard pill to swallow. 
You know, you and I, we read the things in the Bible and then we seek out somebody who in ministry, whether it's a TV pastor or a podcast pastor or the church you go to and you want so badly for that pastor to say something that will let you feel like it's okay the way you're doing life. We call it the church of the warm fuzzy in my neck of the woods. You know, we want somebody that gives me a warm fuzzy. I want to go to a church where the pastor says, oh, it's cool if you do those things. Yeah, nope, you're, you're good, man. You're covered. Don't worry about it. Don't let that burden you. Just love life, do the things you're doing, and uh, it's all erased. But why would God go to the trouble to say that you will stand before me? that you will be held accountable. And I think the actual verse, and yeah, I'm terrible. I mess up remembering where the verses are at and what the exact words are. Because let's face it, I did too much dope in high school and those cells are gone, baby. I can barely remember my name some days, but I do remember this verse that says, you'll stand before me and be held accountable for your idle talk. And I was like, what do you mean idle talk? And it actually, when you begin to dissect it, it's the fact that we put so much energy into things that really don't matter. You know, God says, my gift to you is your time. We think the gift is money or the places, but it's not. You know, the only thing that's more valuable than any of it is time because you can't buy one more minute of it. So if that's the case and he says, hey, I gave you this gift and I just wondered, what did you do with it? What did you do with all that idle time that you had? Now, everybody will run to defend themselves and say, hey, I had to work for a living or I worked two jobs. Oh, so so you never had three hours on a Sunday afternoon to watch a football game. Okay, you tell yourself that if you need to, or you're like me, I can travel five, six, 800 miles to go see a, a sprint car race. Yeah, but then at the same time, I'm like, hey, tornado touched down there's a disaster going on i should probably drive over there and help him eh, i don't know man that's a lot of gas money so i don't know where i'd stay don't know what the meal would be how i'd feed everybody if i take people with me we rationalize a way to get to the end game that we want yeah i know that's not easy to digest so i was looking at some of the verses in the bible that talk about uh, were we really prepared for the end game And a couple of them are in John. There's one in Colossians that I really like. It says, I say this so that no one will deceive you by smooth rhetoric. In other words, uh, those people who basically are smooth talkers. Uh, And we meet them everywhere. Sometimes we meet them in church. And sometimes we meet them in church standing in front of everybody else. That's the scary part. Smooth talkers are everywhere. But see, this whole thing with Paul is he's he's telling us, hey, I'm, I'm telling you this now before the end game. I'm trying to prepare you. I'm telling you, watch out for these things. They can affect your end game. John 16's got one. It says, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. I'm preparing you. I'm telling you, prepare for your end game. Don't get messed up at the end. Here's another one out of John that I really like. And now I have told you before it happens so that when it does, you will believe. You know, John wrote some amazing things to prepare us, to teach us, but we have to be willing to lead others to it and we have to be able to lead ourselves to it. I don't know about you, but man, it's sometimes it's so hard to read the truth in scripture. It's way easier 
to just tell yourself, yeah, but that's not really for me. That's not intended for me. That message is for somebody else. But once you go to a church and you hear a message where all of a sudden inside your little BB brain, and I'm talking about mine, I go, wow, that message was for me. That was specifically for me. They are trying to tell me something. God is trying to tell me something. Now, whether or not I receive it and use it to lead myself to a better end game, that's up to me. And the same thing's true with you. I know that this world consumes us with our time and our money and our attention. Because I'm just like you, man. I, I love social media and I hate social media at the same time. I can be so entertained. I can watch, start watching those reels, you know, on Facebook or on uh, TikTok, Instagram. I start watching them. I look down and an hour's gone. Yeah, an hour, an hour and a half is gone. And in that hour, hour and a half, I could have done something way more productive, way better with my time, but it's gone. I can't get that hour and a half back. You know, I was going through uh, this area of Fort Myers that's uh, down in Florida along the uh, ocean and spotted this guy walking basically barefoot, no shirt, and uh, it looks like he probably hasn't had a shower. His hair's all wild and straggly, and I'm, I'm wondering, what's this dude's story? And I could not get him out of my head. I mean, I deliberately turned a different direction with the car. I, I told myself, now nah, I can't get involved. Don't know it, don't need to know that story. But something happens inside you, and, and it's like um, the Holy Spirit just speaks to you. Yes, I want you to seek this guy out. I want you to talk to him, see what's going on. And so I finally give in to that. You know, for years ago, I would just go, nah, that's my imagination. That's what I would call it when the Holy Spirit would lean on me. I'd just say, that's ah, my imagination. And I would shrug it off and then I'd go shoot pool or go knock down a couple beers and watch a football game and never think about it again. But now that I've allowed myself to be spoken to by the Holy Spirit in a way that I say, okay, I hear you, God. I'm doing it. I'm all in. I'm going to go find this dude, see what this cat's got to tell me. So I did, and it took me a little bit. I had to make a U-turn, fight that awesome, lovely bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic that Fort Myers is so famous for now that we're the fastest-growing city in America. And I find this dude, and sure enough, he's walking on pavement, barefoot, Fort Myers, blazing out, 90 degrees, right? It cooked the soles off our feet. He put a firewalker to shame. So we find this guy and I tell him, hey, I saw you walking, man. What's going on? And it turns out that he is uh, essentially homeless from New York City. What's your name? Corey. Hey, Corey, I'm Bob. So Corey gets a bottle of water, drinks it down, you know, as soon as, as, soon as the bottle leaves my possession and he takes it in his hands he's already got the lid off he's drinking it down and i was like hey man you i noticed you're you're pretty ripped like you work out you know do you what do you do around here and he basically gives me an abbreviated story about uh, a broken life that he has moved to florida sought out some family it didn't work out and now he finds himself on the street and uh, in the process of that conversation i watch his eyes and his eyes will never really meet mine He's so broken inside that he can't look somebody in the eyes anymore. 
And it would have been easy to just say, all right, dude, later, out of here. But I said, listen, man, I'm going to come by and check on you. And uh, if you need some food, I'll bring you something. You're doing okay. Uh, give him a few bucks. And he loves that because it gives him a little bit of independence. Now, there's people tell you, oh, don't give a homeless person money. But here's the thing. You're only called to be obedient to God. If the Holy Spirit says give him five bucks, then give him five bucks. I don't care whether you smoke it, drink it, whatever you do with it. I'm only being obedient to God. God said, give him the money. So I do. And he walked differently. He walked with just a slight improvement in his step. Like he suddenly has something in his pocket. Value. He matters. And that's all I really wanted. I wanted him to know that he matters. That he's not invisible. And neither are you. I know there's days when you and I, we get up and we look in the mirror fully expecting to see nothing, that we are truly invisible, that this mean old world that we live in and that we dwell in has made us invisible. But the reality is God's still there with us. He's preparing us for our end game. And I got to ask you, are you ready for the end game? For that last relationship? Because that last relationship is it, man. It's the one. It's the one with Jesus Christ. Hey, this is Bob Morrison. I'll see you somewhere out there. We are truly thankful you chose to spend some time with us here at Compelled. If you enjoyed today's message, we encourage you to like it, share it on social media, and check out our website, compelled316.com. God bless you, and we hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you somewhere out there.